we go. Let there be light. And there was light. God bless you, brothers, sisters, friends, saints, Christians. Uh, this morning, uh, I have the privilege of speaking in Sunday school. Um, this, this has been a particularly interesting season. Everybody is so happy to get away from 2019, and, and here we are in the, uh, the fifth month, almost the sixth month of 2020, and everybody's just tired of 2020 already. <laughs> I think we were tired of it three months ago. Um, if it's not murder hornets, it, it's a pandemic, and if it's not a pandemic, it's, it's rioting. There's just, there's so much going on in this day and age. Um, I, this sermon is not a reaction to this, just to be clear. Uh, this has been on my heart for a while now, but I read yesterday that um, another Christian rock star has renounced the faith. And he's no longer, he no longer believes in, in what he used to believe. Uh, and it's just sad when you hear that sort of thing. Um, I, I bless him. Pray the Lord will speak into his life and, um, and, and just keep him, preserve him. But uh, it's, it's, it's indicative of what's going on in this world today and, and how so many people have just, they're, they're losing faith. They, they no longer believe. Um, this past Thursday, I had the distinct privilege of uh, ministering to our friends in in Florida uh, on their on their Zoom call, and, and it was a lovely experience just to be with them, um, and and just to get to share from my heart, and and that sermon and this one are, are somewhat linked and coupled. Um, I, I spoke on histemi and and how um, that comes from another word stecco, and and they both mean to stand, but but they both mean it. In, in, a, in a very different way, is STEMI, or let me start with STECO, is, is standing in a place of establishment. You, you have been there. Um, it is something that has, that has happened and will continue to happen, and, and there is a, a mindfulness and a forcefulness to it. There's a, a, a layer of strength that happens with the word STECO. And, and so that, that Greek word translated into English is stand, has the connotation of there's, this is something that has been going on and will continue going on, so keep doing it, right? Fight that good fight, but stand in, in that word, uh, the word of God. But, but the word histemi um, has a different connotation. It's, it also means stand, but, but it means to stand um, right there, right then, to, to have an explosive power to rise up, and, and allow the Lord to use you at that moment, and and that histemi may turn into a stecco, but but it is, um, it is talking about something that has to happen in in your heart, um, in your spirit, in, in your body sometimes, for you to rise up and continue on the work that God is a is trying to do in your life, and and so it was a. Um, a good word. It was something that I know that, that the Lord laid on my heart, and, and it's been this for this season, really, because there's so much going on that, that wants to pull us away from what God is trying to accomplish in our hearts. There's so many distractions now 
in this world? How, how do you live through this world and, and not, um, not battle with the enemy in, in attempting you to deceive you, in attempting to tell you that um, there's nothing out there, that, that God does not exist, and, and to, to fight inwardly without having a relationship with God. And that's, that's really what all this stems from. I grew up, as, as many of you know, I've told this story millions of times, I grew up Catholic. So there was a sense of God in our lives. There was a sense of uh, church, religion, tradition. There was a sense of there's something out there, and, and whether you know it or not, you have to, you have to believe, and you have to be disciplined, and, and you have to be a good person. That's, that's really what it was in, in my family. So we went to church on, on some Sundays, not every Sunday, some Sundays, uh, you know, the Easter time, the First Communion. I've talked about this. It, it was something that we did. When I came to this church is, is when I learned about relationship, is when I learned that I could have a personal relationship with God, with Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, the, with the Trinity, really. Um, I could be invested into the heart of God and had a purpose and there was a plan and, and I could fulfill that plan with the strength that, that God was going to give me. That's, that's what I learned here in this place. That, that is what has sustained me. So I, I didn't grow up a quote-unquote Christian. I, I learned of it years later when I was 15 years old. And, and so during that time, I delved into the Word of God. I studied. I, I tried to... Um, be mentored and, and learn from, from leaders, leaders of this church, um, the, the pastor of this church, to, to grow in that relationship with God. And, and godly men that, that existed in my life um, that belonged to this church and then subsequently belonged to the Saints Network. All, all these, these people, men and women, that were investing in me and, and helping me to learn and grow. And, and it's a journey. It's not over. I, I continue to learn to this day. And, and I continue to dive deep into his word and, and to learn and to grow. It's something that, that I have to do because no one's going to force feed this to you. You could watch these, these videos. You could listen to us on, on the web, on the interweb, as I like to say. Um, you, can, you can do all these things, but you've got to study the word for yourself because just listening to it uh, in a cursory manner, is not going to give you what you need. Um, it's like giving a man a fish versus teaching a man to fish. We all know that that parable. But but as I dove into the word, I, it began to establish in me a, a cadence and a pattern of faith and, and understanding. I, I will never truly understand God. He's unknowable. He's he's so vast. In, in who he is and what he's done. And there's, there's not, people like to say that, that every answer is found in the Bible. And, and I, I push back on that a little bit. I, I believe that the Bible is, is very clear on some things and on some things it doesn't talk about. You know it doesn't talk about drugs in the Bible? You can look that up. It does not talk about drugs in the Bible. So no, not, not every single answer to life's questions are found in the Bible. What is found in the Bible are, are the answers when you go and study and try to know God, that's when the answers come in that relationship. But it's through his word that you garner that. It's through his word 
but you begin to understand his way of thinking, and that's what causes the answers. But you have to be in the word. And so I've, I've, I've studied, I've learned, I've grown, and, and I, I cannot say that my faith is unshakable because, because there are days when I think, what's going on here? Lord, where, what, where do we need to do? And it's at those times that I need to dive deeper, not pull back and say, okay, let me, let me reevaluate this thing. And, and I think that's what's happening out there in the world today. When, when people don't get the answer immediately, they tend to pull back and say, okay, well, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. And, and they start to evaluate the wrongness and not dive deep into the truth. And that's the problem. So as I've, I've been thinking this way these past couple of weeks, um, it's led, it led me to the study on histemi, stecho, that I preached the other day. Uh, and it led me to this study as well. We're going to go backwards into what I want to talk about this morning. Um, and by that I mean the word that we are going to look at today is proskartoreo. Um, and it means to hold fast, to be steadfast in your faith. But we're going to get there at the end of this message by talking about the root words that uh, make up this word. There's, there's two of them. There's a, there's a progression. Um, the, the first one, I'm sorry, the second one that we'll be talking about is kartareo, uh, and it means to be steadfast, to endure. So, so there's obviously something that comes before the pros kartareo, and then that word has a root word, and it is the word kratos. Now, we've talked about kratos before. Uh, kratos is one of the words of power in, in the New Testament. Um, some scholars believe there's three words of power. Some believe there's five words of power. There's different words translated as power in the New Testament. And depending on um, how you read it, you could say that, that these three are the main ones. The, the um, iscus, the, the, the dunamis, uh, the kratos. There's others that say there's, there's more that are added to that list. This is one of them to me, kratos. Um, in fact, there's a video game out. Uh, it's been out for a couple years now, and, and the main character's name is Kratos. It's interesting, um, and, and he is uh, basically the god of war in, in this video game, and so his name means power, and obviously, you know, people don't know that, but, but the video game designers took liberties here and, and said, hey, that'd be really cool if we used that, so, so there it is, but this word, Kratos, is translated as, as mighty power or dominion sometimes, strength. And we're going to look at some of the scriptures that, that show this word because I, I want to understand it as we get into holding steadfast in faith. We're going to start here in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the kratos of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, Istami, we talked about this a second ago, against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand, Istami. We've talked about this. The word Istami means to, to rise up to take your place and to stand. 
it, it has the connotation of a stake in the ground. Pastor has talked about this before. Uh, so we have several books and messages around this subject. I'm not going to preach that today. Um, but, but I did want to mention that, that when we talk about histemi, it's putting that stake in the ground uh, like you would a, a tent post, right? When you go camping, you, you put this stake, and it's supposed to be something that, that causes structure, stability, and, and allows the, the tent to not fall, right? So that's, that's the connotation here when we talk about stand. But where do you get the power to do that? Where do you get the, the stability from when you talk about standing? And I think that's part of the issue when we, when we think about uh, what's going on today. Is they don't know where this power comes from. They, they believe, hey, look, I should be standing. I, in fact, I talked about this in that message on Thursday. Um, stand. Stand. Histemi. Stand. Stecho. And, and be ready for what God wants you to do. But what I didn't talk about is this part here, the extension of it, but is, but how, Lord, how do I stand? Now, in this particular passage, it talks about the whole armor of God. It talks about putting on the armor, uh, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the, the shoes, the belt, all of the stuff that goes with it, right? Um, and, and so you, you start to think, well, these are the things that I have to do in order to be able to stand. But, but, when you really look at what the scripture is saying, is there, these are the accoutrements that are being put upon you to withstand in the evil day. This, this is the aftermath of, of the power that is coming. But it's the power of God that truly allows you to stand. And you only get that through knowing him. That's the kratos. Be strong in the Lord and in the kratos of his might and when you have that when you recognize the kratos and and what it does for you then you are able to put on the whole armor of god that's when you are able to say this is what is going to uh, help me invest in the kingdom of god is is recognizing and relying on the established power that god has for us We've talked about the word dunamis. That's one of those power words I mentioned a second ago. The word dunamis uh, has the connotations where we get our word dynamite from. And, and so it has the connotation of an explosive power, something that happens immediately, something that happens as a result of something else a lot of times. I, I spoke on dunamis and, and dynamo and all the, all the variations of the word uh, in an earlier sermon, probably a couple months ago. But, but that one is really you rising up and hitting things with the power of God. This one is something that has been established for a very long time. So just like the concept of histemi and stecho, there's an establishment to this power. And, and, and what I'm getting at with all of this is the concept that you have to establish yourself in relationship and in the word of God in order to access this power. That, that those explosive things are great, but that's not how you build a kingdom. You, you don't go and attack and attack and attack and attack and, and expect for something to just, to just be there when you come back. It has to be grown, nurtured. It has to be established. Um, so let's look at this next one, Colossians 1.9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, 
and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious kratos, unto all patience, long-suffering, with joyfulness. So the kratos of God that established glorious power brings about patience, long-suffering, and joyfulness. Why? Because it's been there. Because you understand then now that, that this establishment of power, this, this wellspring, has to be something that is, is nurtured and grown, not, not just in its place, but inside of you. That's how you get this sort of power, and that's how you're able to move forward in this sort of power. So one more to establish the word kratos, Acts chapter 19. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, I like that, the vagabond Jews. That should be a band somewhere, vagabond Jews. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. So let's, let's pause there. I'm sure many of you heard, have heard this story, uh, but a little bit of context. Paul is going around preaching Jesus. He's talking about Jesus. He's saying how powerful Jesus is. He's, he's casting out demons and healing people and bringing people back from the dead and all sorts of crazy stuff because of the name of Jesus. So as he's doing it, crowds all around, Paul is there, and, and he says, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. In the name of Jesus, you will be healed. In the name of Jesus, Paul is establishing the kingdom of God. These vagabond Jews, exorcists, people that like to get money for, for healing and, and exorcising things, um, say, hey, that's working. We need to try that. That's really cool. So the next time we go and exercise, not like Camp Gladiator exercise, but exercise, pull a demon out, we need to invoke the name of Jesus because that seems to be working for this guy. Obviously, the name of Jesus is super powerful. So they try it. In verse 15, and the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But I don't know who you are. And the same man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. I mean, what kind of battle was this where he's just tearing their clothes off? He's not even punching them. He's just taking clothes off. So they fled out of the house naked and wounded. In verse 17, and this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus. And fear fell on them all. Why? That's interesting. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought, I think that's a brand, curious, used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So Kratos grew the word of God and prevailed. Let's unpack this a little bit. Let's, let's, let's double click on this. That's what the new business term. People like to say that for some reason. Let's double click on this. 
So the evil spirit of the man leaps on them, overcomes them, wounds them. They're running out naked, and people hear about it. They see what's going on here, um, and, and because people hear and see this, they, fear comes upon them. And, and the, this, the Bible says the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. But, but let's talk about that. Why was the name of Jesus magnified? What, what just happened was a bunch of Jews got together and they said, in the name of Jesus, and nothing happened. In fact, the opposite of what they expected to happen happened. They got beat up by using the name of Jesus, not, not um, freeing this guy because of the name of Jesus. So you would think that people would say, well, obviously the name of Jesus doesn't mean anything, right? They would say, if you say the name of Jesus, there has to be other requirements along. So it's not the name of Jesus that's powerful. It's something else that's powerful. That would have been my conclusion that, look, this, this invocation of the name of Jesus isn't working. But isn't this a picture of what's going on today? In the name of Jesus, I'm a, I'm a rock star. In the name of Jesus, I'm this and that. Hey, it's not working. I'm, I'm still addicted to, to drugs. I'm, I'm still suffering in my life. I'm still struggling with my faith. I'm, I'm calling out the name of Jesus, and it's not working. It's not working. Why is it not working? Is it that the name of Jesus, I'm sorry, Scott, I keep moving out of camera. Is it that the name of Jesus isn't powerful? Is, is that the message here? Well, no, of course not. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue confess. So, so what am I saying? 18, and many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Why? They, they hear that the name of Jesus isn't working, but yet they come and fear falls upon them. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Why? Because then, then they understood the name of Jesus is associated with a wellspring of power. It's associated with relationship. And you cannot invoke the name of Jesus where you are unless you tap into that well, unless you have the relationship and, and, and the, the history that's associated with that relationship. Unless you dive deep into who God is and who God wants you to be. What they ended up doing was selling all of their witchcraft books, all of their curious arts, all the things um, that, that taught them the hocus pocus that, that they were living through. And, and they saw that, that really what was required here is that the word of God has to be kratos within them in order for it to prevail that they have to be associated with the kingdom in order to be able to move forward that's where this word kratos comes in that the name of jesus is powerful but you don't just invoke it and throw it out there and expect jesus to do all the work hey jesus i'm just going to throw your name whether i believe in you or not things are going to happen because hey jesus the name of jesus is powerful it's not how it works there is an investment, there's a, there's a wellspring that has to be associated with that. And that's why Paul was able to do the things that he was able to do. So, so this leads us then into that, that other derivative or, or the word that comes from the word kratos. And it's the word kartareo. And it means to endure. It means to be steadfast. And it shows up once in scripture in Hebrews chapter 11. 
verse 27. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured Cartareo as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. This is obviously in, in that faith chapter of Hebrews. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith Abraham, by faith Moses, by faith Joshua. All these people by faith are doing what they've been called to do. By faith, Moses here forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, but he stood fast, he endured, he kartareo, kartareo, what was going on. And it is from that derivative of kartos, I'm sorry, kratos. He endured by, by tapping into all the things that God had established in his life. He tapped into the, the, the relationship that he had when he first met him and had to throw off his sandals in front of that burning bush. He, he endured by recognizing that God was doing all these things around him. And the Bible says here, as seeing him who is invisible, someone who is unable to be seen, that, that the hand of God, the hand of God was touching all these areas of his life and he recognized it. And again, isn't this a picture of what's going on today? Where God does something and people look at it and say, oh, that's just coincidence. Oh, that's this over here. Oh, that's, that's, that's luck. That's just me being lucky. All these things that we dismiss as not being of God when truly God is working in our lives. We have to learn to recognize those. That's why to me testimonies are so important. When, when we come up here and, and we have an offering and, and someone comes and, and says a testimony, we would do this every, every Sunday. But, but when we do, it's to recognize that God, we, we recognize that God did something in our lives. That, that, that this promotion that came or, or this blessing of money that came at just the right moment is a blessing from God. I guarantee you, there's a story out there of somebody who, was, who had a need and, and because of the pandemic, got a stimulus check, and they were able to fulfill that need. Now, many would say, well, that's not God. That's the government. The government planned to give this to so many people. Hey, guess who didn't get a stimulus check? A lot of people. I didn't get one. So when you say, hey, well, that's just the government giving out money, recognize not everybody got the money. Not everybody got it. I, I don't need it. I'm, I'm fine. Don't, don't think that way. All I'm saying is a person who, got the who had a need, got the stimulus check from the government and used it to take care of that need doesn't mean that God wasn't somehow in it. Now, well, then you could go off and be really weird and say, well, then God caused the pandemic and then he caused the stimulus check and that's how he blessed this person. Calm down now. All I'm saying is we need to look at what's going on in our lives and say, God is in it. And whether it was the government or luck or a blessing, whatever you want to call it, we have to recognize truly, truly, when God is doing something in our lives and, and recognize that a lot of times it is God, that he is trying to touch you. And whether you receive it or not is what makes this cartoreo possible. When you start to look at your circumstances in the lens of what God is doing, then you begin to endure. Another example of that is the opposite. When bad things happen to us, when, when we struggle, when the enemy 
attacks us, when we attack ourselves, not, not knowing that we're attacking ourselves, when we put ourselves in a place of, of attack, uh, we're tired, there's so much going on, we, we, we lay off, we get laid off, um, we start to say, well, where's God in that? Where is God when I'm hurting? Where is God when I'm in need? And, and we stop and we step back and we start to look at that situation and say, okay, God needs to touch it in this manner. And if he doesn't touch it in this manner, then he's not truly there. That's, that's what people who tend to fall from the faith look at it as. But what we should be doing is saying, what lesson am I supposed to learn from this? How is God trying to refine me or build me up or lift me up? I, I remember very clearly um, go moving from one job to another. And, and I've, I've spoken about this before as well. And I, I believe it's a testimony of what God is doing. It's not luck. It's not circumstance. It's God moving in my life. And, and it's this right here. Moving from, from one business to another into a place with complete uncertainty um, this, this new position that I, that I received, um, had some, had some great things happening. It was, it was a promotion in a sense. Uh, I became a senior specialist versus just a specialist. Uh, it had a, a monetary component to it. I got more money because of it. But, but what happened was I started working for someone that, that I just was not comfortable with. And this individual, uh, good guy, but, but was not in my mind, the leader that I needed. He was not the leader that, that was going to take me to the next level. I could not work with this individual. It was very difficult. And, and so I had to be in prayer. And I thought, well, God, you took me out of this very comfortable position, comfortable but not great, comfortable position into this land that's supposed to be of milk and honey. And, and all I see is wilderness out there, right? I, I was fine in Egypt, I was just fine there. I had three square meals a day. I had a bed. Everything was great in Egypt, but now you've got me out here, and, and I feel scared, naked, and alone. That's a TV show, I think. But, but I'm in this place now, and, and I don't feel right. So where are you, God? Because I thought this was you. I thought you brought me here, but it doesn't feel that way because I'm very uncomfortable. I'm, I'm not happy. I go home, and I don't want to go to work. This is, this is bad for me. This was, this was four years ago now. So I'm, I'm in this situation, and, and now looking back at that situation, I truly recognize now the refinement, the strengthening, the, 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 the hunkering down into the kratos that God was trying to establish in my life. Because of this individual and the way he worked, I had to change the way that I worked. I had to be more disciplined in how I worked. I had to be more detail-oriented in how I worked. I had to be more mindful of what my leader was looking for and, and be very careful that I was providing that. And so it brought forth all those things that I just mentioned. And, and it put me in a place of refinement. And as difficult as it was and as much as I hated it, I learned something from it. So I don't look back at that time as saying, God left me alone, he dismissed me, he left me wandering in the wilderness, and I had to fight for myself. I don't see it that way anymore. I look at it now and I say, God had a plan to refine me, 
to work in me, to make me a better individual when it comes to employment. And, and because of that refinement, I truly believe, people were able to see in, in the higher echelons of this business my work ethic. They were able to see my, my abilities, my skill set, the things that I could bring to this company. And, and now, from a senior specialist to a senior manager, I'm being promoted, step in and step out in this organization. That happened. It hurt, but it was a good thing. I see that now, but I have to recognize it that way. I could very easily look at that, that situation and say, that, that, that's when God left me alone, like, like footprints on a beach. It was when I was walking all by myself. No, 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 brother, that's, that's when I was carrying you. I love that poem. Isn't that cute? That's what this word is talking about Hebrews eleven twenty seven. By faith, Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing what was coming, but he endured. He hunkered down into the kratos of God, the wellspring, the, the embrace of his power as seeing him who is invisible. I, I didn't see your manifestation. I didn't see your work in these things. It was, that was invisible to me, but looking back at it, now I see what you were doing, Lord. Now I see the wellspring that you were trying to establish within me with your wellspring of power. That's what this word really means. And so it brings us to pros cartareo, the, that next level of cartareo. This word is used a, a few times in the scripture. We're not going to read all of them, but we are going to read some of them uh, in, in the 20 minutes that we have remaining. Um, it means to adhere to one, to be adherent, to be devoted, to be constant, to be steadfast, attentive unto. And, and we're going to read the scripture first in Mark chapter 3. And it, it's, a, it's an interesting scripture because it doesn't have the word steadfast. It doesn't have the word continue, which is what it's translated in other areas. Um, but we're just going to read it. Verse chapter 8 of Mark chapter 3. And from Jerusalem and, and from Idumea and from beyond Jordan, and they about Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude, when they had heard what great things Jesus was doing, what great things he did, came unto him. And he spoke to his disciples that a small ship should wait on him because of the multitude, lest they should throng him. For he had healed many, insomuch that they pressed upon him for to touch him as many as had plagues. So where's the word? He spoke to his disciples that a small ship should wait on Proscar Tereo him of the multitude the word that we're trying to study is translated as the word wait on to be established right here keep it here for me that's the word we're going to read it in, in other contexts and it's going to be translated as continue or to be steadfast but i wanted to bring this one up because i found it interesting and, and it really connotes something for us here when we talk about this establishment of of enduring it's like, a, it's like a boat. It's like the car waiting 
for you. Hey, keep the car running is what Jesus said. It's like when they rob a bank and they've got the driver and he says, keep the car running because when we get out of this bank, they're going to come a running after us. Those security guards are going to pick up the guns that we had them throw out. They're going to run. They're going to start to shoot at us. Cops are going to be coming down from the from down the block. We've got to get in this car. We've got to jet. So keep the car running. That is what this word is talking about here. That's the connotation in Mark chapter 3, verse 9. He spoke to his disciples that a small ship should wait on him because of the multitude. Look, I'm going to go heal these people. I'm going to go touch them. I'm going to go bless them, but they're going to want more. They're going to come running after me when I don't fulfill every single one of their needs. So you keep this thing right here ready and waiting. You hold fast right here because I'm going to come and I've got to be able to go once I get on this boat. That's what this is talking about. So let's look at some of these scriptures. Acts chapter 1. When they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotus, and Judas, the brother of James. All of them were in there. Everybody and their brother. All of these continued pros cartareo with one accord in prayer, in supplication with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. They continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. What does that mean? It means that they were steadfast together in prayer and supplication. And where does this word come from? From the word kratos, a power, a wellspring, an establishment of what God is doing. So, so the, the, the thing that God is trying to teach us in this passage right here and in the rest that we're going to read is the fact that, look, when you are in a place of uncertainty, when you are in a place of, I don't know what's going on, I don't know what to do, I feel like the enemy's attacking, God, I don't feel you in this, what do you do? You continue in prayer and supplication. You continue in, what, in the established power that God has had for you. In order for you to do that, though, you have had to have established yourself in the word, in the power, in the wellspring that God has. The kratos, that's what this is talking about. You can't rely on the dunamis. You can't rely on those, those miracle things that just happen, 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 happen. Those are great. Love it when God does a miracle. I love it when we pray for something and, and, and we say, Lord, you know, I'm going through this struggle. And then a week later, a day later, an hour later, bam, it's fixed. We, we pray for healing, bam, it's good. We, we went to um, Oklahoma this past weekend. We, we had to get away. We had established this months ago. Kelly likes to pre-plan. So, so six months ago, Kelly said, hey, let's go um, Memorial Day. Let's, let's do some vacation. So we did. she established that. The pandemic hit. We were worried that, that it was going to fall through, and um, it didn't. We, we contacted them because things were starting to be lifted and, and social distancing was, was still in place, but businesses were opening. We contacted them and said, is this still available for us? Yes, come on by. So, so we went to a cabin in the woods. We were pretty much sequestered away from everybody. Um, so we went to this cabin in the woods, just us four and, and the new dog. 
I won't even say her name, and the new dog, and, and we were in this cabin uh, for, for a few days. And as we're getting closer and closer to this, this time of us, of us spending um, a lovely vacation together, Kelly looks at the weather, and, and she says, it's going to rain, torrential rain all week. We had activities planned. We were going to go hiking. We were going to go horseback riding. We were going to go let the girls play in a river somewhere. We were going to go find snakes and let them bite us and see. No, I'm just kidding. We weren't going to do that. We were just going to go outside and have fun. I bought s'more stuff, you know, the chocolate and the marshmallow and the, and the bread, the, the graham crackers. We were going to make s'mores, but you can't have s'mores without a, a fire, and you can't have a fire if it's raining. So I, I was concerned. Luckily, we had, we had rented a house that had a shuffleboard. It had a, a giant Connect Four. It had a, a, a big screen TV. I was going to bring my laptop. We could watch movies. I brought Monopoly. We did all these things just to make sure that it was going to be okay. But, but, as we're driving there, as we're leaving the house to go to Oklahoma, I said, Lord, I just pray for your favor. I pray that you allow us to experience this vacation and it be relaxing, it be restful. Lord, I just pray that this weather not be what the weather people are saying. Let it be good for us. We want to go outside. The girls need to go outside. They've been, they've been sequestered in our house for so long. They're tired of it. We don't want to go from one house to another house just to be in a house. We want to go outside. So, Lord, please allow us to be outside. So we're driving from Texas to Oklahoma through Paris, Texas. And, and let me tell you, once, once we, um, we got out of the outskirts of Dallas, close to Terrell, it begins to pour. And I'm not just about rain. It is pouring. It's pouring so hard, I'm probably driving 30 miles on, the, on a 60-mile-an-hour highway because I could not see. And I'm driving like this, and I'm blinking every five seconds just to make sure that I don't crash this car because it is torrential, torrential rain. It, there's pauses in between smaller suburbs and cities in between like Dallas and, and Paris, Texas. It might have waned a little bit. But let me tell you, it rained the entire drive there. And it was scary rain, scary, scary rain. Luckily, there was nobody out and about, so I could drive very carefully. We get there, and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, we're going to get to this place. I've got a ton of food and luggage in the back, and I'm going to have to take it out of the car in this torrential rain and get it in the house because they don't have a carport. So I'm going to get soaked. So let me tell you the miracle here. We get there, and, and the, it's still raining, but it had slowed to a crawl. It was just drips here and there. I was able to back up into close to the house, and, and we got all, all our stuff out without any problem. Nothing got wet. It might have gotten a little dripped on, but nothing was damaged or hurt in any way. We got into the house. The rain had stopped by that time. Uh, so we went outside. And the girls started playing in, in the wet uh, grass that was out there, and they had a good time. The next day, supposed to be torrential rain, beautiful day, beautiful day. We went out, and, and we said, hey, look, now they're saying the forecast that it's not going to rain until later in the afternoon. Let's go do some activity. We went horseback riding. We went hiking. We did all these things. And then as soon as the girls started to get tired and started to complain, that's when the rain came. It's like the Lord knew. That's when the rain came. And, and the girls, we were out hiking. 
big siren comes on. Hey, it's going to be floody. It's going to be floody. They get all scared, and so we get our stuff, and we get out of there. No sooner did we get in the car that it started to rain, torrential rain. In the car is when that happened. Not before. Yeah, we got a little bit of drops here and there, but not until we got in the car did it really start to pour down. So let me tell you something. I saw God in all of this. Not because I prayed and it happened, because I knew the Lord was going to take care of us, and he was taking care of us. To me, that was a dunamis that the Lord had established in our lives. It was a miracle that happened right then and there. And in fact, I told my girls right then and there, I want you to recognize what God is doing for us. It was supposed to rain all week. And look what we've done so far. We've gone horseback riding. We've gone hiking. We've gotten fudge. We've, we've gone to our barbecue place, and we've gotten food. All these things. We're going to do s'mores later tonight. It, look, the, the week was beautiful. It rained a lot. But during those times of rain, we were inside anyway because we were tired. We got to go in the hot tub, and it was raining. The girls got to play in the rain and the hot tub. They had so much fun. It was amazing. We had a great, great vacation. And I attribute God to that. I really do. Not the weatherman, but God. It's that wellspring that God establishes in us that we have to hold on to. Because it's very easy, very easy in this day and age for us to say, well, the weatherman's always wrong anyway. What were you thinking? You can't rely on them. The weather changes constantly. And then especially during this, this, this global warming and the pandemic, you know, the, the earth doesn't know and it's trying to heal. And so all these things are going to be weird anyway. Look, yeah, you're right. Okay, great. That's fine. You can attribute it that way. But I truly believe that it was God who took care of this family. And then you ask, well, but what about the times when, when you ask for something like that and it doesn't happen? What if you had prayed and it continued to rain all week? I would have found it as an opportunity to strengthen my relationship with my family. No computers, playing Monopoly, playing Connect Four, letting them be creative. We, we taught them how to play shuffleboard. There's so many things that we could have done that I truly believe that God would have done within this family unit. But notice how I spun it there. Oh, well, then you're a marketing guy. No, no, I'm not. I'm just telling you, if you look at what God wants to do, what he's trying to do, and what he can do in your life, your perspective will change. Your perspective will change because you are the one that has to change it. God doesn't have to perform miracles for your perspective to change. You have to change your mindset, and God can perform miracles inside of that. That's what kratos and proskartareo truly means. You have to dive into the wellspring for things to continue. Acts chapter 2. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly, proskartareo, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in breaking of bread, in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Why? Because they had been established in this prayer. Don't you believe, don't you think that when Jesus died, they felt lost? God, why would you take Jesus, our leader, away from us when there's so much more that has to happen? I'll tell you why. 
because I need you to do it. I need you to be empowered. I need you to take this comforter that I'm going to send, put it on, and I need you to walk forth and, and be this thing here on this earth. That's what I need you for. If Jesus did it, then what do I need you? I need you. I sent Jesus to teach you, but I need you to do that. And how do you do that? By continuing in prayer and supplication. By continuing, by holding steadfast in doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, in prayers. And because of all that, fear came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done by those who had continued steadfast in the faith. In verse 46 of that same chapter, chapter 2. And they continuing daily with one accord, proskratereo, in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness, singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people, all the tax people. And the Lord added to church daily such as should be saved. Because why? They were steadfast. Romans 12, 9. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, steadfast, proscartoreo, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Verse 12 again. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, holding steadfast, instant in prayer. And then the last one, Colossians 4.2. Continue in prayer. And watch in the same with thanksgiving. There's more. There's a lot more. I'm not going to read them all. There's a theme here, though. With everything that's going on, it's very easy to say, where is God? Very easy to say that. I'll tell you where he is. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to dive into his word, to dive into his spirit, to, to go full force in what God wants you to do. He's waiting for you. That's what he's waiting for. He's waiting to refine you. He's waiting for you to change your perspective. I, I love um, several years ago where, where pastor was talking about fasting because it changed my perspective. He's talking about fasting and he said, fasting doesn't change the, the mind of God. It doesn't change his heart and his plans. It changes you, dear saint. It changes you and how you perceive what God is doing. That's what fasting does. That's what this true intercession does. You don't intercede and say, God, I'm going to force your hand into doing these things. That's why when those disciples couldn't heal that, that demoniac, Jesus said, this guy only comes out by prayer and fasting. Well, what does that mean? That means you have to pray and fast before you can heal or touch somebody's life? No, no, no. This kind only comes out when you have a deep, established Kratos spirit, when you are in the wellspring and you recognize who you are and you recognize who God is and that this power doesn't come from you, it comes from God and what he's trying to do. That is what requires prayer and fasting. 
for you to change your perspective on life, on this world, on, on your religion, whatever else is going on. So again, you know, we, we talked at the, at the very beginning about this, <clears throat> about that guy who, who has now lost his faith, the Christian rock star. This sermon was not about him. God bless him. But there are many out there that feel the same way. Look, I'm losing it. I, I just don't know what to believe anymore. You hold fast to those things that God has done, and you reevaluate your life, and you see where God has touched you, and you ask yourself, can I really let that go? Can I really say that that was not God? Look, at the end of the day, I'm either right or wrong, right? Right, right, wrong. I'm either right or wrong. I, I either believe in God and am right, and there is a God, and, and, and you're correct, or I'm wrong, and there is no God, and, and all of this is for naught. But let me tell you, if that's true, if there is no God and all of this is for naught, recognize that everything is for naught. Nothing has a purpose. We're all a collection of random molecules, carbon atoms that came together, decided to coalesce to turn into uh, organic material. These amino acids build and proteins and all these things happen. We're trying to find life on Mars because we think that that's going to say, hey, see, there is no God. Definitively, there's life there. God didn't create that, so there is no God. There is no life. None of this matters. You're right. None of this matters then. None of it. The killing, the rioting, the pandemic, none of it matters because you're a random, random collection of things, and nothing matters, and chaos should ensue because nothing matters. Nothing matters. Not, your life is not important. Your legacy is not important. The lives that came before are not important. The, 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 the young man who died senselessly is not important. If, if God is not important, does not exist, nothing is important. Nothing is important. Recognize that. If you're a believer in the Big Bang, none of this matters. None of it. I don't want to believe that. I can't believe that. I don't believe that. It matters. God is here for you. This, this stopped becoming Sunday school and became a sermon. I'm sorry, Pastor. God is here. and You have to tap into that wellspring. So with that, Father, I just thank you. I believe in you, and I thank you for all the things that you have done. I thank you for the blessing of this past week. I thank you for all the things that you're going to do. And, and I just pray, Lord, for those that are questioning, for those who have issues with, with understanding who you are, I just pray that you will touch them, that you release in them a new spirit, that you will open their eyes to receive and to hear what it is that you're doing in all of us. We thank you for this. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.